it turns out that up to 60% of all maternal deaths in the United States are preventable, and that increasing access to healthcare before, during, and after pregnancy would help prevent them. So you'd think all these people who are so against abortion would be funneling money into this kind of care to make sure that the moms and babies were as healthy and happy as possible. However, they're not. Welcome to The Shrinks on Third, our psychology and social justice podcast. I'm psychologist Cindy Ariel. And I'm psychologist Julie Mayer. Come on in. Welcome. So, Julie, now that Roe is in protecting women's right to abortion care, more women will likely be giving birth in the United States. Yeah, that's a, I mean, it should be a happy thought, but it's really a sad thought that people are going to be giving birth who don't want to. It's very true, Cindy. And as strongly as those anti-abortion activists and stupid Supreme Court justices feel about limiting abortion, they don't seem to follow up with prenatal or neonatal care improvements. Do they actually not care about all those babies that they're saving, do you think? Yeah, that's a million dollar question. And that's why today we're focusing on prenatal and neonatal care. And big surprise, there are significant differences in maternal and infant health and healthcare for people of color versus white people. Yep. We've talked before about the longstanding disparities in health and healthcare for people of color, especially as they've been highlighted by COVID-19 and the growing racial justice movement. Right. And in spite of ongoing advances in medical technology and care in the United States, amazingly, rates of maternal illness and deaths, along with premature births, have been rising. They're rising. They're getting worse. Maternal and infant mortality rates in the United States are way higher than in other large and wealthy countries, too. And, of course, at its worst for people of color. Yep. It does vary from state to state and from cities to rural communities within the U.S., of course. And of the approximately 700 women who die in the United States every year as a result of pregnancy or complications from pregnancy, about a third die during the pregnancy. 700 women die each year around pregnancy? In our country. Over 50% of them die during labor or within the first week after giving birth. And then another 13% die between six weeks and one year of birth. That's awful. I can't believe the numbers. I'm shocked. Yes, it is shocking. And Black and Indigenous American women have higher rates of pregnancy-related deaths than white women. Well, of course they do. That's how it works in this racist, unequal country. It's really bad. Their pregnancy-related death rates are over two to three times higher. 
white women die at the rate of about 12.7 per 100,000 women, while for black women, the number is 40.8. And for indigenous American women, it's 29.7 per 100,000 live births. And I'm thinking we don't even probably have the best recording of those deaths and hospital statistics. Like maybe it's really worse than that. It's got to be. I mean, these are probably the ones like in hospitals or something. I mean, there's a lot of home births, different things. Exactly. And because of inadequate perinatal care, these women are also at a much higher risk for pregnancy-related complications like preeclampsia, which can be deadly. Yeah, preeclampsia can lead to death if it's not treated. So it is very serious. And there are other serious complications as well that don't necessarily lead to death, but could. And minority women are much more likely to experience them. Also, the older Black and Indigenous women get, and the more educated they are, the more the pregnancy-related deaths and complications increase. That makes no sense. So weird more educated. It's hard to make logical sense out of these kinds of statistics unless you look at it through a lens of systemic racism. Exactly. Most pregnancy-related deaths are considered preventable. But they aren't being prevented. Like I said before, I don't understand. Do they not care about the moms at all? Do they not care about the babies having no moms when they're born? Just to stop for a second. I have to point out the hypocrisy of insisting on unwanted pregnancies, but not caring for the mother while she's pregnant. There are plenty of wanted pregnancies around which women don't get the care they need also. The main cause of pregnancy-related deaths have to do with cardiovascular conditions, but there are lots of other medical issues that come up, such as blood clots, strokes, and high blood pressure, all kind of related. It's all body-related. Right. The issues might vary in different groups of women, but still the higher rates of death and disease and complications still stand. Black, indigenous Americans and native Hawaiian and other Pacific Islander women are also more likely to have certain risk factors that contribute to the birth of their newborns and or can have long-term consequences for the health of the children that they give birth to. A baby born too soon or a preterm baby and babies with low birth weight are some of the main babies at risk for infant death. So early prenatal and perinatal care is crucial for knowing about and keeping an eye on all of these issues. This country can afford to provide this care to everyone who needs it. Not receiving pregnancy-related care early and through the pregnancy can increase the risk of pregnancy complications. I mean, doesn't that seem like common sense? Minority women are much more likely than white women to not receive prenatal care until the third trimester, if at all. And they're the most susceptible to all of the problems that can cause maternal or infant mortality or complications. And then there's teen births. The teen rates are higher among Black, Latinx, and Indigenous Americans than, of course, among white teens. And of course, pregnant teens are even less likely than older women to receive early and regular prenatal care. Teen pregnancy is also associated with increased risk of complications for both the mother and baby before, during, and after giving birth. And then there's raising said baby. Of course. 
Imagine being a teenager and trying to raise a baby. You're still a baby. Most cases of infant death happen within the first month, but they can happen up to a year after that. The main causes of infant death within the first year of life are birth defects, preterm birth, and low birth weight, complications with the mother's pregnancy, and sudden infant death syndrome. And of course, all of these happen more to women of color than they do to white women. Of course. And Cindy, one of the main reasons is access to quality health care before, during, and after pregnancy. It's critical for positive outcomes after birth for moms and their babies. Infants born to Black women are over twice as likely to die than those born to white women. I'm just really thinking about our own privilege because I know when I even thought of being pregnant, I mentioned it to the doctor and started, you know, prenatal vitamins. Me too. Yeah. We think of it as the medical system will support us and help us have the healthiest pregnancy and birth. Exactly. I think a lot of other people find the medical system to be very rejecting and judgmental and demeaning, and they don't want to go. And rightly so. It yes. has been. And right. all of this has to do with complicated and sometimes not so complicated entrenched factors in our healthcare system and society you know, racism. For one, there are major differences in health insurance coverage and access to healthcare. Absolutely. People of color are more likely to be uninsured or underinsured and to face other barriers to quality healthcare like transportation, time off from work, access to good doctors and hospitals. The list just goes on. Good nutrition, the vitamins that we take for granted are so expensive that they can't afford them, many people. Medicaid is somewhat helpful if the person happens to be on Medicaid, but it's not that great. And it's certainly far from completely filling in the gaps. People of color are facing significant difficulties as a result of the pandemic and are more likely than white people to experience food and housing insecurity and to have trouble affording basic utilities, bills, or healthcare expenses. Having a baby is expensive. Right. Proper nutrition is, is so important. And it's also often out of reach for people that don't have the finances or the fresh vegetables available in the supermarket nearby, et cetera. People of color face limited access to providers and hospitals. And, and even when they go, like I was saying, the care can be culturally insensitive or racist or just not appropriate. They're often misunderstood and providers don't always work hard to understand them. Social and financial factors come into play here, along with discrimination and systemic racism. And you know, there's another thing. There are all sorts of cultural differences in how people carry pregnancies and give birth, and our medical system ignores them. So they don't help people have the kind of birth that they wanna have unless they're privileged people and then they can pay for it and do whatever they want. Good point. So studies that look at race, gender, and poverty show clearly and unsurprisingly that these kinds of factors shape the experiences of pregnant women and the outcomes of their pregnancies. And part of those outcomes are the children that this all affects. Yep. Research also shows the impact of racism and the chronic stress it causes in terms of maternal and infant health care. 
That makes sense. I mean, if you're an African-American and you're constantly experiencing racism and then you're a pregnant woman, you know, the stress level is always there. And that level of stress is going to affect the pregnancy. Sure. And now you're also worried about your baby. Yeah. And how that baby is going to survive the racism that this country is so good at. Studies highlight higher rates of perinatal depression and stress as a result of ongoing racism, like we're saying. And, and this has a major negative effects on infant and maternal health and healthcare, of course. All of these create barriers to prenatal and neonatal healthcare for women of color. And more recent studies have even shown the effects of provider discrimination during pregnancy and delivery. It's real. Yeah. I never want to believe it, but it's true and obvious. Providers have been shown to be slower to listen to the needs or reports of Black women versus white women. Black and minority women are more likely to be lectured to, ignored, refused requests for pain relief treatment. You know, they're assumed to want the drugs or, you know, they're refused testing or other help that they believe they need. Mm-hmm. People of color are less likely to receive routine medical procedures, and they often experience, you know, from the same doctors that give good quality care to white people, they experience a lower quality of care. So it turns out that up to 60% of all maternal deaths in the United States are preventable, and that increasing access to health care before, during, and after pregnancy would help prevent them. So you'd think all these people who are so against abortion would be funneling money into this kind of care to make sure that the moms and babies were as healthy and happy as possible. However, they're not. Healthcare providers, including us, have to be intentional about becoming more informed and addressing internal biases that we have. And we need to work harder to be better listeners to the concerns of all women, keeping their cultural needs in mind, and especially women of color. And we need to become advocates for more access and quality for those who are in need of that. Because clearly it's so unfair. Everyone deserves the best benefits that they can get to have a good life. There are many organizations focusing on improving black maternal health outcomes that could use support. That's right. So we suggest starting with everymothercounts.org and checking out the information and resources on their website. Yeah, check it out. Thanks for listening today. You can find us at shrinksonthird.com and follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at shrinksonthird. Until next time, take care.